This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. God will make a way. Exodus chapter number 14 and verse number 13. The second book of the Bible, verse number, chapter 14, verse number 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them no more forever. You see, what they needed was a way. What God was going to give them was salvation. What they needed was a path. What God was going to give them was deliverance. Ladies and gentlemen, when you come to the book of Exodus, you've come to the exiting or the drawing out of the people of God from under the mighty hand of Pharaoh. As you come to chapter number 14, we are now three days from that Passover. We are three days from that midnight hour when the death angel came out of heaven and the blood was applied to the doorpost and to the lintel there in the land of Goshen and Egypt. We are three days now from when death took place there in the land of Egypt. That is a picture of the cross of Jesus Christ. And three days after the cross of Jesus Christ, it is pictured here when the children of Israel come to the Red Sea. There they are, and God brings them to this place. It was not the most direct path in order to get out, but it was the path that God had ordained. Whenever God takes them, He brings them out of Egypt, and as they come down, God has them go down and follow the path to the Red Sea. And here is what God does. He brings roughly three to five million Jewish men, women, boys, and girls. He brings them down to a wall of water. And before them is this place called the Red Sea. In front of them is no way. In front of them is no path. In front of them is no open door. In front of them is nowhere to go. You know what that is? That is an impossibility. What the Bible does not say, though, we have to learn it from geography, is the fact that if they were to turn now to the other side, there would have been no path either because God had taken them down to a place. In front of them was a sea. To the left of them was a wilderness. To the right of them were mountains. And coming up behind them was Pharaoh and the armies of Egypt. So here's kind of what I got to thinking. God put an impossible situation in front of them. God put an impossible situation beside them. And God put an impossible situation behind them. Let me put it to you like this. They had no way to go that way. They had no way to go that way. And they had no way to go that way. And when they could not go that way. And when they could not go that way. And when they could not go that way. They arrived at this place where they said, God, you have brought us to a place where you are going to fail us. You are going to let us 
down. You brought us this far, but we have no way to go. And one man stands up with the rod of God in his hand and the word of God in his heart, and he says this. He says, everybody, quit your whining and quit your moaning. Fear not, stand still, because today God is going to make a way. When you can't see a way, God is going to make a way. And when you can't turn and find a way, God is going to make a way. And when you can't go backwards, God is going to make a way. Ladies and gentlemen, there'll be times in our journey in this Christian wall where God will put you in front of an impossible situation. And your impossible situation may not look like my impossible situation, but your impossible situation is just as impossible as my situation. And instead of us belittling one another and running each other down, let's start looking at why God would put us in these impossible situations. And you're looking around, and you can't go that way. There's no option. And you can't go that way. There are no options. And you can't go back that way. There are no options. Why does God put us in impossible situations? Three reasons. Number one, because he wants to show you who is God. At the end of the day, he says in verse number two of this chapter, He says, speak unto the children of Israel. Why did he call them the children of Israel? Because they were not adults yet. They had just come out of the land of Egypt. They had just learned who their God was. And they had a lot that they could be pride-filled about. They'd seen the miracles of God. They'd seen the Passover in Egypt. They had seen a whole lot. And they have a way, just like you and I have a way, have a way of getting pride-filled and arrogant and feeling like we don't need God quite like we used to know God. So you know what God did? God took them out of Egypt and he put them in front of another impossible situation that they had no answer to. They had no way in. And he said, I want to show you, I am still God and you are not God. Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you in your journey, in this walk with God that you are in right now, there'll be times when you see the mighty deliverance of God. You see the mighty moving of God. You see the mighty ability of God. You see the mighty power of God. And it has a way when you get through that trial and you get through that opening and you get through that situation where there's this pride that rises up in you and there's not nearly as big a hunger to go seek after God as there was before the trial. So you know what God will do? God will put you in front of another impossible situation so you don't forget You ain't God, and he still is. Ladies and gentlemen, God said, children of Israel, I don't want you to ever forget. You are the children, and I am your father. You are the little ones, and I am the big one. You are the servants, and I am the master. Ladies and gentlemen, God puts us in these bad places, hard places, rough places, where we have no power, we have no ability, and we have no way to open up the door for one reason, to show you that he is still God. The second reason God will put you in an impossible situation is he wants to show the world he's still God. Watch what it says now in verse number 4. In verse number 4, here's what it says. It says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them. I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. 
Here's what Moses said. He said, people of God, you've been brought down this way, not just for your sake, but for the sake of the people that are following after you. You've not just been brought down here so you can see that I'm God. You've been brought down here so that the world can see that I'm God. Why? Had Pharaoh not just learned enough about the God of Egypt? Had Pharaoh not just learned enough about the gods of Egypt? Had Pharaoh not just learned enough about the gods of Israel? Evidently not. Because when he couldn't beat God in the ten plagues and he couldn't beat God by keeping the children of Israel and he couldn't keep God through any of that stuff, he still went pursuing after the children of Israel. And you know what he said? He said, if my gods could not beat that God, I will beat that God. And God said, all right, big boy, let's have a showdown at the OK Corral. He said, you bring your army and I'll bring my army. And they get down yonder at the Red Sea And he says, Moses, I brought you to this impossible situation because when I open up this sea and I make a way, Egypt's going to look at you and they're never going to bother you again and they're never going to come after you again because what I'm about to show them in your sight is that I'm God and they're not. Now listen to me. God did not do that so Pharaoh would be converted. He did it so Pharaoh would not have an excuse when he stood at the judgment seat. Ladies and gentlemen, God will do and put you in things not so other people are converted. There'll be people all around you that'll watch your life that'll never trust Christ. There'll be people in your life that'll watch what you go through, watch what you deal with, and watch the battles that you go through. And we want to see them won, don't we? But they won't be converted. Do you know why God will do that? Because at the judgment seat, when they stand there, if, he didn't, if they did not see that there was a God in heaven, if they didn't see that there was a way that was made straight for them, they would look at God in the face and they would say, you never told me that there was a God. But whenever they see you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and they see you're not by yourself, but there's a grace that sustains you and there's a help that sustains you and there's a peace that sustains you and there's a God that's with you and you get down there and you don't fold and you don't flop and you don't give up because God's with you, they'll look and say, there must be a higher power. And when they stand before God, God will look at them and say, I tried to show you there was a higher power. But you were so hard in your heart. God puts us in impossible situations so the world sees who's God. Number three, I'll tell you why God will put you in an impossible situation. So you have a bigger reason to glorify God. Watch what he says in verse number 14. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Why in the world? I don't know why nobody asks these questions. But Austin, I'm sitting here thinking, God, hadn't you shown these people enough? Ten times over the last 15 days, you have tried with every piece of your might to show them power. Hadn't you shown them enough? Why do you want to fight for them? Just give them the victory. Do you know why God fought the Egyptians that day? Because when God did it, it revealed something else about his character that allowed the people of God to get on the other side of the trial and the situation. And they had one more reason to praise the name of Jehovah. Listen to me. How many of you have been through something? How many of you have been through more than one somethings? How many of you have been through at least five somethings? 
Now, every time God takes you through another something and God takes you through another problem and God takes you through another trial, you know what you have? You have another thing to praise God for. You've got another thing to lift your hands to heaven for. I don't like trials. I don't like problems. I don't like situations. I don't like issues. But every now and again, I get a little bored in my life. And so you know what God will do? God will put me in another trial. God will put me in another situation. And when I come through, I lift up my hands and I say, God, I didn't know you'd deliver me from that. I didn't know you'd put me in through that. I didn't know you'd help me through that. God puts us in impossible situation after situation. So we have one more reason to glorify the name of God. Can I tell you something? There's nothing wrong with lifting up your hands saying, Lord, I'm thankful that you saved my soul. But that ain't the only thing God's ever done for us. You know something? If I have children, I do. I've got two beloved children. But I don't want my, my little kids spending their entire life saying, Mom and Daddy, thanks for bringing me into the world. I do stuff for them so that they have a new reason to say thank you. Every Christmas, I don't look back and say, didn't y'all get enough last year? No, I do things throughout the year so that this new Christmas, they've grown a little bit and they've got a gift that, my God in heaven, they've got a gifting that matches that growth. And the problem that you're at, it's been put there because it matches where you're at. And when you get through that trial, you'll be on another plane and you'll be on, oh God, be on another level. And you'll rise up through it and you'll lift up your hands and you'll say, God, you've helped me. Glory to his name. God will put you in impossible situations to give you another reason to glorify God. I don't know why I tell you this this morning, but somebody needs to know the impossible thing you're in, God will make a way. Wherever you're at, God will provide the path. God will open the door. God will move the mountain. God will roll back the sunset. God will make a path. I'll give you three reasons, three things right quickly. So if God's going to make a way in chapter number 14, what do I need to know? There's three things you need to know about God making a way. Number one, you you need to know that the reason God makes a way is because he was lifted up. You know why God makes a way? He makes a way because something was lifted up. Let me show you something in verse number 16. It says this, how, God, how are you going to deliver? He says, but lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. Now, let me give you to you right quick, and I'm going to fly through this just as fast as I possibly can without getting Pentecostal Nazarene up here on this Baptist platform. Here's what I want you to see. I want you to see a man named Moses. That man named Moses is a picture of the law of God. It was through that man named Moses that the 613 laws of God would be given to Israel. Moses is that picture of the holiness of God. He is that picture of the justice of God. He is that picture of the perfection of God. But Moses, in that law, he could not divide that water. Had Moses stood there with his own hands, he would have stood there and nothing would have happened. But Moses did not go to that river by himself. He did not go to that sea by himself. He did not go to that impossible situation by himself. You see, in his hand, he had the rod of God. That rod that had an imperfect look about it. It had an earthly 
look about it. It had a, a, a wooden look about it, a fleshly look about it. That's a picture of the humanity of Jesus Christ. And on that day, he lifted up that rod. Now, I want you to watch the picture and the type there. Moses, a picture of the holiness of God. That picture of Jesus Christ, the rod of God. What was it that put Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary? It was not just my sin and your sin. It was the fact that the holiness of God had to be satisfied. And when the holiness of God lifted up the Lord Jesus Christ on that day, all of a sudden God said, make a way, split in half ocean. And the right side of the sea walked away from the left side of the sea. And because that thing was lifted up that day, you say, why would God make a way in my life? Let me talk to you right quickly about the biggest way that God's ever made in your life. I was up against the sea of sin. I was up against the ocean of depravity. I was up against the way of no ways through my infirmity. But that day, Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, he was lifted up above man, lifted up above humanity. He died a death and because Christ died my death, paid my sins, was lifted up for you and me. The way of salvation was made wide open. And this morning, if you've never been saved by the grace of God, there's a way that's been made. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. And this morning, you, my friend, need to put work on your faith and get up out of your seat and exercise that faith and say, I'm running through the way, I'm running to the way, I'm coming to Jesus Christ, I'm trusting in Him. Now, here's a question to the people of God. Why do we have faith that God will make a way? You know why? Because God made a covenant with Moses. He said, if you will go and take those people, I will deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh. And God honored his word. Why is God going to help you? Why is God going to deliver you? Why is God going to do anything for you? Because he made a covenant with his son. He said, if you are in Christ, I give you my word. If you are in my son and you exercise faith in my son, I give you my word. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will view you with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I will take the old heart out of you. I will put Christ's heart in you. I'll take away your sinfulness and I'll put in you his righteousness. And because God made a covenant with Jesus Christ, because he was lifted up, the way has been made. I don't know why you're there. I don't know how you're there. And I don't know what it's going to take to get you out of there. But upon the authority of the rock rib promises of the word of God, he will never leave his children. He'll never forsake his children. And God promises to make a way. Now here's the line. You may not like the way he makes, but he will make a way. God will all. Listen, had I been God, I promise you, I wouldn't have put my people through no walls of water. I wouldn't have split no Red Sea. I'd have had the angels out there paving a path from Egypt all the way to Israel. But that ain't the way God operates. 
If I was in your life, I'd probably put together the situation over there. I'd probably help the situation over there. I'd probably put it together over there. But that ain't the way God operates in my life. And that's not the way God operates in your life. When you get through the problem and you get through the trial, you're going to look back through the murky waters and you're going to say, I don't know how I just did that. I don't know how I just came through that. I don't know how I just survived that. There's only one answer and it's got to be God made the way and God made the path. And it's all because Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, God will make a way. Number two, I got to give them to you right quickly. Let me give you number two. It's in verse number 21. Here's the second thing you need to know about God making a way in your life. God's way will come from where you're going, not from where you've been. God's way will come from where you're going, not from where you've been. Can I show you something I've never seen till last night? Watch what it says in verse number 21. It says, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. There's a reason God gives you stuff in the Bible, and it ain't because he's run out of words and he's got a word limit. God put the fact that the east wind is what split that sea for a reason. Now, if you were to take a map of the Holy Land, do you know what direction Israel had just come from? They had come from the west. They were headed to the east. They had left the west. Now, can I ask you a question? It makes a lot of sense to me that if I was going to split that water, I'd have probably sent the wind from the west because west winds are consistent and west winds are strong and I'd have blown that water. But the fact that he sent an east wind, you know what that was showing them? Your answer's not coming from where you've been. Your answer's coming from where you're going. You see, so many times in our journey and so many times in our life, we don't understand what God's doing. And we're constantly looking back, trying to figure out, God, what's that all about? Why is that happening? Where's that coming from? Why isn't this happening? We're looking back to where we were yesterday. We're looking back at what we had yesterday. But what you don't realize, what God's doing today is not because of your, my God, not because of your yesterday. What God's doing in your life right now is because of your tomorrow and the answer is, in your life is not coming from where you've been. It's coming from where you're going. Beloved children, listen to me. There'll be things and times and issues and people in your life and it'll all fall apart. And the first thing you do is you try to put it back together by reaching back. Maybe if I mend all these pieces and God says, your answer ain't coming from that stuff. The answer's coming from this stuff. Why? Because when the answer comes from your tomorrow, and it does not come from your yesterday, the last time I checked, I have no idea what tomorrow holds. I have no idea what tomorrow's going to bring. I have no idea what tomorrow's going to yield. But there is a God that's already in my tomorrow. And there's a God that's already walking in my tomorrow. And when I'm looking back at yesterday for the answers, God's saying the reason this happened and how this is going to happen is because of what I'm going to bring into your life in the tomorrow. And brothers and sisters, I know 
it doesn't look like God's going to make a way by putting the pieces back together. God is not a put the pieces back together kind of God. He's a God that brings new pieces to the equation. And the reason God chips stuff up of your life and the reason God tears stuff up of your life and the reason God removes stuff from your life is so that you will fit the new pieces that he brings tomorrow. God ever done something in your life that made no sense today? But when you finally got to tomorrow, you say, God, it's like you knew what you were doing. Your answer on God making a way, it ain't going to come from where you've been. It's going to come from where you're going. I got to give you number three. And I hope this will help somebody. God's way won't make sense to everybody. God's way won't make sense to everybody. Can I show you a verse in verse number 20? The Bible says in Exodus 14 and 20, And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud of darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these. Here you go, you've got the children of Israel. And while God is making a way, God's splitting the Red Sea and they're starting to part. Pharaoh's already made his way to him. And so God sends the cloud that's above them and he becomes a wall between them. You know what verse 20 says? To the Egyptians, it just looked like a black wall. But on this side, to the Israelites... It was a wall of light. They couldn't see on this side what God was doing. But the people on this side knew exactly what God is doing. The people on this side were probably still huffing and puffing and sharpening their swords, saying, you just wait, you just wait, I'm a coming for you. You just wait, I'm getting ready to come get you. You just wait, I'm about to be on the other side of this black cloud, and when I get over there, I'm going to rip you asunder. But what they did not know is the fact that on this side, God had already been working, and God had already been moving, and they said, you just keep on a huffing, and you just keep on a puffing. By the time you get to where I'm at, I'll be to where I'm going. They didn't understand on this side what God was doing on this side. You better watch out in that democratic process in your spiritual walk with Christ. You'll take things to God that the Holy Ghost is putting in your heart. You'll take things to people that God the Spirit's putting in your life. You'll take things to other people and they'll be the first ones to tell you you're crazy. I imagine when Noah cut down those first few trees and started nailing those boards together and formed an ark, I imagine those people probably said, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. There's no rain that's ever fallen on the earth. You know why? They were on this side of the cloud. But when they got on that side of the cloud, Noah said, I don't know what you're thinking on that side, but I've got light. Now imagine this. That light is coming from behind them. God is showing them something. It's in the middle of the night. We're in the middle of the night in Exodus chapter number 14. They can't see anything. There's no sun shining in the day. The only way they can see is the light that's coming from behind them. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It was not very bright, but it was just enough for them 
to take a step. Because watch this. Every time they moved, guess what that wall did? You see, they wanted to know what was on the other side. But they'll never see it. Until they take a step. And you keep begging God, show me the end. And God said, that ain't the way I operate. You take a step. And the light starts turning on. Beloved, it ain't going to make sense. But just a few people, the path that God's making in your life. People won't understand why you're doing what you're doing. People won't understand why you're making the decisions you're making. You've just got to go with the fact that the light behind me is sending me. Step by step, it finally made sense. Are you ready for this? When did they finally see what God had done? They finally saw what God had done when they got to the other side because guess where that cloud went? It picked up from behind them and it went back up over top of them and it showed them what God had just done. God will make a way. God will make a path and one day you'll see it clearly. But somebody this morning, just a step. Just a step.